take a live look off the coast of South Carolina. Pieces of the balloon have now been recovered after it was shot down Saturday by an F-22 fighter jet. And the White House is facing questions about why they allowed the balloon to cross the U.S. amid new tensions with China. And also amid questions about explosives on said spy balloon courtesy of China. We're going to get into that. But let's start off with a little bit of ridiculousness. Senator Fetterman gave a talk about how the infrastructure of Biden was going to provide new pipes for clean drinking water, something that Americans are so concerned about right now with high inflation, illegal immigration, the cost of living... The Democrats apparently think that drinking water is at the top of consciousness for Americans as we have Chinese spy balloons going undeterred across our nation. Inflation is through the roof. Gas prices are ridiculous. Food prices are ridiculous. Feeding into that inflation. Home affordability is tough. With these high interest rates. Oh, and don't forget that the rents have gone up. The uh, border, our southern border is porous. And we have a scandal with the current occupier of the Oval Office. Worse than the one that the media made such a big brouhaha about with President Trump. But drinking water, that's on the top of our minds. And that's why they rolled out John Fetterman to talk about it. But they weren't totally sure that he could do it by himself. So they had Senator Bob Casey, another genius, stand with him in case things got really bad. And yes, in just a few seconds, things got really bad. And we should all support replacing the lead pipes and ensuring that everyone has clean, safe, clean drinking work, uh, water. Even Senator Bob Casey couldn't fix that. Work, water, let's make sure water works. Let's make sure that Fetterman can work, that he even works, that his brain even works, so he can do the work for which hardworking people in Pennsylvania supposedly wanted him in Washington to work on. Okay, folks, that's no laughing matter, but this is. I'm sure you've seen this before, but it makes me laugh every single time. Kudos to Aussie for Trump over on Gateway Pundit. Dems 2024 ticket, Biden, Fetterman, it's a no-brainer. Welcome to the show, folks. Do me a small favor. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, share the links to this, no matter where you're watching and listening to it on social media, that'll really help us out. Okay, folks, let's talk about what happened yesterday on the Sunday shows with Chris Christie, once a friend of Trump, uh, now a hater of Trump, making a very interesting observation, which, you know, he wasn't totally wrong in this observation. Let me play it for you and you decide. Trump is still the front can, can Trump beat Biden? I don't think so. And, and what'd you make of Sununu? Well, listen, I know Chris really well. I mean, yeah. I've known him for 15 years. I mean, 
listen, everybody is playing around with the idea of will I run or won't I run. And, and I think the reason it's developing slowly, John, is because nobody sees any imperative to do it. Yeah, it's early 2023. Why would anyone really be running right now? And then I think that uh, Chris Christie, though Trump doesn't like the way he said it, I think he brings up some pretty valid points about the first person who decides to put their name in the hat for the Republican primary, especially this early. And maybe it's a, it's a preview of what Nikki Haley can expect very shortly. Like, first of all, who wants to be the first in the pool with Donald Trump? <laughs> right when he has no one else to shoot at and his whole life is about shooting at people you know why do you want to necessarily be the first in the pool to do that again chris christie saying trump likes to shoot at people but the truth is president trump takes on opponents and he plays to win and he crushes them and that's what nikki haley who's the first one to say that she's going to officially put her name out in the hat on february 15th that's what she's uh, got to look forward to but everyone else out there who's going to run and haven't made it official yet, they don't have the urgency. And secondly, um, there's no push right now from any other outside forces to say, you must make a decision tomorrow. And so when there isn't, there's no reason to begin. Listen, I've been through this. It is a long, difficult process. All right, Chris Christie, you said who wants to jump in the pool with President Trump? Well... I guess you know how President Trump is. This should have not come as a surprise that President Trump would have something to say about what you had to say. And this is what Trump uh, truthed out. Sloppy Chris Christie, the failed former governor of New Jersey, spent almost his entire last year in office campaigning in New Hampshire for the Republican nomination for president. Much like his term in office where he left with an approval rating of just 9%, his presidential campaign was a complete disaster. He endorsed me the following day, later recommended Chris Ray for the FBI. How did that work out? Went down in flames and then was salvaged by ABC fake news. I never wanted him. To which Chris Christie, in a Twitter truth feud, is now whining that he is the target of Donald Trump's new tantrum. None of his lies about me today bothered him when he asked me to prep him for every general election debate or offered me three different cabinet posts. He's the only man to lose to Biden outside Delaware. That loss to Joe still stings. If you read here, I don't know how you'd interpret this. I never wanted him like I never wanted him in a cabinet post or I never wanted him for president. I'll let that, I'll let you decide what he meant there. But Newsweek yesterday is saying that uh, there's another one who's insisting that Trump can't beat Biden in 2024. Republican governor insists Trump can't beat Biden despite polling data. New Hampshire governor Chris Sununu said yesterday that Trump can't beat Biden in 2024 despite seemingly, seeming headwinds against the incumbent president. Hmm, interesting choice of words given the Chinese spy balloon debacle. Unlike other Republican state leaders in the traditionally blue-skewing Northeast, Sununu was open in his support for Trump throughout his rise to the presidency, not even opting to launch a primary challenge against him last time around. Following Trump's defeat that year and his subsequent uh, claims, Sununu began speaking out critically against President Trump. In early 2022, he knocked Trump's pledge 
to pardon Capitol riot participants if he regained the White House in 2024. This critique reportedly incensed Trump enough for him to look for a potential challenger to run against Sununu in the midterms. Sununu has also frequently spoken out against Trump's recent bid to seek re-election, especially after the former president's negative influence was widely blamed on the GOP's underperformance in the November midterms. Uh, let me see. President Trump is not part of the RNC. He is not. He doesn't have the purse that the RNC has. Yet 233 out of 253 of his picks won. I love how they're still trying to spin this as a loss for President Trump. On Sunday, while appearing on ABC News this week, the New Hampshire governor said he believes Trump could not beat Biden in 2024, despite consistent polls suggesting Democrats are disillusioned with the president. So, folks, just like President Trump was super popular as president, a lot of people came into the Republican Party that were lifelong and decades-long uh, Democrats, like a huge portion of the black and Hispanic uh, community. Joe Biden, we're told, somehow still got 81 million votes. So even though he's doing terribly, according to Sununu, he is going to beat Trump in 2024. And we go back to, I <laughs> should have shown this earlier, but when we go back to whining Chris Christie, someone said, you sound like you're still wearing these pants. That was pretty funny. Funny visual. Let's follow the money. South Carolina Democrat James Clyburn, who was one of the people that got Joe Biden to win in the primary after getting everyone else to get out in South Carolina, which led him to become the Democrat Party nominee and winner of their primaries to go against Trump in 2020. And that is why he got paid back and South Carolina got paid back where Iowa is no longer the first state in the Democrat primaries. It'll now be South Carolina. South Carolina has been very good to James uh, James Clyburn and James Clyburn's who's been there, I think since the 90s, uncontested. That's all right. He still raises a whole bunch of money to feed to his family. South Carolina Dem James Clyburn funneled six figures from campaign funds to family last cycle filing show. His uh, son-in-law and grandson benefited from the campaign. South Carolina Democrat Representative James Clyburn funneled six figures worth of campaign cash to two of his family members throughout the 2022 election cycle filing show. The longtime congressman's campaign largesse included forking tens of thousands of dollars over to a company, which, of course, that's how the nepotism works. They don't write a check out to his son-in-law, to his son-in-law's company. He also sent $100,000 to his grandson. Federal election records show. I read somewhere else it was like just 100000 so it wouldn't catch people's attention. It was like 98200 or something like that. While it's legal for federal politicians to pay family members from their campaigns, ethics experts have generally disapproved of the practice. Despite this, both political parties have taken advantage of the perk. But folks, the money continues flowing into the pockets of these deep state treasonous, traitorous rat bastards. Let's go to uh, Mike Gallagher, who sits on the House Intelligence Committee. And a little reminder, pointing something out very important about what Trump did that Biden undid when it comes to following the money that is ending up in Joe Biden's own coffers. 
For too long, we've let this soft form of corruption to go forward, and that's what we're going to have to tackle on the select committee on uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Mr. Gallagher's correct. Let's not forget that this has been going on for a long time. It's one of the things that President Trump campaigned on when he started his campaign in 2015, and he's campaigning on it again for 2024 because even though he advanced a lot of great things, Biden came along and just went back to business as usual. Well, you mentioned universities. An anonymous Chinese person donates almost $60 million to the University of Pennsylvania. And then Penn is able to shut down the China Initiative, which was the very vehicle that the U.S. was using to uh, announce a string of indictments for those people who were involved in surveillance and stealing intellectual property. Uh, Your thoughts on that? Listen closely, folks, because this is another example of how President Trump was fighting for us and this secret war against China and how Biden is totally beholden to to them, undoing things that Trump did specifically against China, helping them out. It's as if, hmm, I don't know, as if Joe Biden were an asset for China. Well, I think it reveals the, the broader problem here, which is that too many American universities are desperate for CCP money. The Trump administration started enforcing something called Section 117 of the Higher Education Act, which requires disclosure of gifts in excess of $250,000. And what did they discover? $6.5 billion worth of previously undisclosed donations. And then when the Biden administration came into office, suddenly those disclosures stopped. And now we know, of course, that... You know, some of that money went to the UPenn Biden Center where they found classified documents. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. There's no correlation between China Joe stopping the good work of President Trump and disclosing the CCP funds to university and Joe Biden getting paid a million dollars to be a professor, even though he never teaches any class at a think tank that received money from the CCP, from the CCP to UPenn, where the UPenn Biden Center is. But of course, I'm just a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, but Mike Gallagher, he's an elected official sitting on the committee, going to be looking into China. He knows what's going on and he is exposing what we all know to be true. China Joe has a nickname, China Joe, for a damn good reason. So either the Chinese money spigot turned off, which is highly unlikely, or they're simply not enforcing that section of the law. And then when you dig into these individual gifts, invariably you find a connection to the United Front Work Department or some CCP official tied to that money. It comes with strings attached. So we have to enforce the law. Great insight by Mike Gallagher. Since we're talking about China, let's get into the latest on the Chinese spy balloon. Parts of the down balloon have been captured, have been gathered uh, by U.S., by the United States. Let's get into that and answer the question or look at the question or ask the question or consider the question, was there a bomb? Were there explosives on this balloon? What is that all about? Navy divers recovered debris from shot down 200-foot Chinese spy balloon off South Carolina coast. Pentagon investigates whether it was carrying explosives 
along with photographic material. Good news. Pieces of the balloon have now been recovered with U.S. Navy vessels swarming that debris field with divers, cranes, whatever they can use to find what is left of that suspected spy vessel to try to solve this deepening mystery. This morning, critical recovery efforts underway for fallen debris from the suspected Chinese spy balloon. In a new statement, U.S. Northern Command saying the balloon was brought down within sovereign U.S. airspace and over U.S. territorial waters to protect civilians while maximizing our ability to recover the payload. Now the U.S. Navy conducting active recovery operations of the seven-mile-long debris field. Let's get into more detail here, uh, folks, including let's looking at this possibility of explosives. As Navy divers work to recover debris from the downed Chinese spy balloon, a top general said today that the U.S. is investigating whether it was carrying explosives, describing it as a 200-foot-tall, 200-feet-tall weighing thousands of pounds and with a payload the size of a jetliner. So I can't confirm whether it, whether it had explosives or not. Anytime you down something like this, we make an assumption that that potential exists, said Air Force General Glenn D. Van Herc, commander of U.S. Northern Command, on a briefing call with reporters. We did not associate the potential of having explosives with a threat to dropping weapons, those kinds of things, but out of precaution, abundance of safety, for not only our military people and the public, we have to make assumptions such as that. And then he went and floated to reporters the capability that the balloon had explosives to destroy itself. In other words, a self-destruct button. A dead man switch. If we capture it or something happens, they could have it explode. Now, which is very interesting because China's just saying, oh, it's just a weather balloon that went errant. Why would a weather balloon that went errant and of course, have a self-destruct button. Once again, we have to, I'm assuming here that this is an accurate report and that the current regime is not lying to us yet again. His description followed a briefing by National Security Council uh, spokesman John Kirby, who defended President Joe Biden's decision to wait and shoot down the Chinese craft until it was over South Carolina's coastline on Saturday. Because the president decided they wouldn't shoot it down until he could do so safely, and that meant over water, that afforded us a terrific opportunity to gain a better understanding to study the capabilities of this balloon. Hmm. Is that maybe the reason for this story, that it had explosives to give cover for why they didn't shoot it down? Did it really have explosives or not? Will we ever know? And you, of course, know that Biden ordered the balloon to be shot down uh, Wednesday, but the advice we're told from the military was, no, 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 wait till we can do it later. And then on Saturday, the Air Force sent an F-22 with an AIM-9X Sidewinder missile to down it. So shooting the balloon down over water wasn't just the safest option. and It might maximize the chance of recovering the payload is what Corinne Jean-Pierre said today in the press briefing. Were there explosives? Was there not explosives? Was that a lie just to give cover for Joe Biden allowing them to spy for almost a week before taking it out? What are your thoughts? Put it down below. Now, here's, I want, I, I want to now comment on comments I've seen several times. A lot of people have said, or I've, I've seen this, this comment several times 
in my videos covering over the weekend the spy Chinese spy balloon. How do you know it was really China's? Maybe it was really us, you know. And then they reference JFK and uh, the Twin Towers and that kind of stuff. China has said it's theirs. They're saying that it, it was just a weather balloon, but they haven't denied it's theirs. And some folks are going, well, that was just a deep state. Well, what would China gain by saying it was theirs if it really was ours? That I don't really see a payoff for China on that. So I'm going to go with the narrative that it is Chinese and it should not have been here and should have been blown out of the sky a lot earlier than when the action was actually taken. I'm sure I'll have more reporting on this in the next episode as more information comes out. Okay, folks, but now China is flexing with retaliation. Shooting down spy balloon and obvious overreaction. We may shoot down U.S. aircraft. The Chinese Defense Ministry loudly protested America's decision to shoot down the alleged espionage aircraft over the waters of South Carolina, claiming that taking action to stop the breach of U.S. airspace after the balloon had crossed the entire continental United States and Alaska was an obvious overreaction. And then came the threat. The CCP, which started the crisis by violating the sovereignty of our airspace, feigned outrage and disgust yesterday at the Pentagon for taking action, even though we all know they did so very late, on the uh, invading balloon aircraft that had the, what was it, uh, 200 feet tall and could fit three school buses. The U.S. attack on Chinese civilian unmanned airship by force is an obvious overreaction, said Senior Colonel Tan Cafe, a Chinese Defense Ministry spokesman. He reportedly called the shooting a, a the shootdown a political show. The Chinese state propaganda outlet Global Times, which reported Tan's remarks, noted that he also warned that China will reserve the right to take necessary measures in dealing with similar situations, and interpreted that to mean that Beijing would consider shooting down American civil civilian aircraft. Now that definitely would uh, would definitely be a move toward war, would it not? The state newspaper also specifically objected to the Pentagon using an F-22 fighter jet to take down the invading balloon, comparing the use of advanced American military technology for the job to shooting a mosquito with a cannon. That's a bad example because the F-22 took down the aircraft. Be very hard to hit a mosquito with a cannon. Okay, I think Steve Bannon did a great job just talking about the levels of treason and other malfeasance we're seeing as we look at this whole thing. Joe Biden in the Biden regime knew about this spy balloon crossing the airspace into the Aleutian Islands no later than NLT, no later than early on Saturday, the 28th of January. That's what they've already fessed up to. They intended, this is what Tom Cotton said, they intended to never reveal this to the people of the United States in order to let Blinken get on that plane and get over there and kowtow to, to, to Xi. They hid from the American people, if it had not been from an individual at the Billings Gazette walking out because a buddy told him, I think we got a UFO that, that, that's out there. If it had not been that, they would have hid the entire thing, knowing it, they would have hid it from the American people, let it traverse not just traverse the continent, but stay there, I think, for a day or two around 
the ICBM launch fields in north central Montana. As you can tell from, we ought to pull that up later. You can tell from the, the pattern it had. They wanted to hide from the American people. Steve Bannon says this. I pointed this out earlier. What was going on? It's because someone saw it and it got reported that we even know this. For instance, that's what Ratcliffe said. I played that for you earlier. Ratcliffe saying, um, we know this didn't happen under Trump because did anybody see it? No, but tons of people have seen it this time around. Speaking of Trump, wasn't he impeached for something a lot less than letting Chinese spy balloon traverse over intercontinental ballistic missiles that we have in Montana? The inquiry on this has to be immediate. This is, think about it for a second. They impeached Trump over some phone call with the with the with the poison dwarf Zelensky. They they impeached him over that. This is an absolute. This is a high crime and a misdemeanor, and this must get. We must find out. Like who knew what on Saturday the twenty eighth, and was that the first time? Because I happen to believe it was earlier than that. Gotta love. Steve Bannon and Bannon's War Room. All right, folks. If you are on Facebook, go to the link down below and you should see an update of my social media presence with Facebook. Go ahead and search for me, if not under this name and picture, and follow and like and share the link to this episode that you see there on social media and on Facebook. We're trying to see if we can expand our reach by using Facebook. Let's give that another try. Okay, let's uh, talk more about here about follow the money. Let me remind you of FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried donates money to the Democrat Party, political action committees, and Democrat candidates. They use that to back Biden. Biden gave money to uh, military humanitarian aid to Ukraine. And then Ukraine uh, took that money and put it in crypto, which went back to FTX. Looks like uh, money laundering or a scam to me. Well, here's the latest. FTX asks, asks for their political donations back. Isn't that something? Bankrupt Crypto Exchange is sending notices to former donor recipients asking for the donated funds to be returned. That was in a press release yesterday. Former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX Digital Markets co-CEO Ryan Salame were two of the largest political donors during the last election cycle. Now the company's debtors want the money back. Bankman-Fried primarily backed Democrats and was the party's second largest donor last cycle with around $37 million in contributions. Salama's $19 million to Republicans made him the party's 10th largest donor. They were smart. They were playing both sides. FTX debtors are confidentially contacting political figures, political action funds, and other recipients of contributions or other payments. They're asking for the funds to be returned by the end of the month of February, which, reminder, only has 28 days and we are not in a leap year. So, isn't that interesting? Okay, folks, we're, gonna, we're getting up close to the end here. 
Big hug to all of y'all. We appreciate you sticking with us thick and thin as they try to silence me and this channel. We appreciate you being here. Make sure that if you're not seeing notices, if you're watching this on YouTube, to just go on YouTube every day and hashtag BCP today, BCP today, and our latest episode will come up. Lawmakers are actually going to get some of the Joe Biden document scandal briefings, but they're not going to have access to the actual documents. Congressional lawmakers will reportedly receive a briefing from Biden administration officials on the classified document scandal as soon as this week after weeks of stonewalling. Despite the administration's claims of transparency, the briefing would not include direct access to the contents of the classified materials stashed at the Penn Biden Center or his Wilmington residence. The AP is reporting, the White House has failed to provide transparency in public or private about the scandal, citing ongoing criminal investigations and a separate risk assessment of the possible damage to intelligence sources. I have to be really careful, White House Press Secretary Jean, Corinne Jean-Pierre has brutally responded about ongoing investigations. Among the classified materials reportedly found among troves of documents is information related to Ukraine, where, of course, the Bidens are making money hand over fist or have been, and they still are because a lot of that money that's going to Ukraine is falling its way back into offshore accounts and other things of which the Bidens and others, other political elites have access to. If the briefing occurs, the Gang of Eight would receive the disclosure. And that refers to the, the Republican Democrat leaders of the House and the Senate and of both intelligence committees. Thank you, folks, for being here with us. If you're on Spotify, let people know about this show. And if you're on YouTube watching this, please like, share, and subscribe. To those of you on other platforms, thank you as always. And by the way, if you're watching this not through BCP Unfiltered, in other words, you're watching this on YouTube or the regular version on Spotify or listening to it, uh, there's a whole segment at the beginning of this episode that you didn't hear. It's exclusive to BCP Unfiltered. It's this entire episode plus a whole other segment. If you're interested in what we're doing and what you missed, check us out on BCP Unfiltered. Uh, wherever, wherever you're seeing this, I should take that back. Wherever you're hearing this, um, you'll be able to see the Unfiltered show. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to have to go over to therealbcp.com or bcpextras.com. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Thanks for joining us on Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on any real news.